Hello and welcome back to Pokemon Radio. We are your hosts, Derek and Ceci, and thank you for joining us for Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Unfortunately, shocking news, Professor Oak is unable to join us because he got snowed in, which, look, he was just on Execute Island. I never even got word he left there, and now he's snowed in. I, I don't believe him. Yeah, I also don't think it snows in Johto. Yeah, not to my knowledge. Is this like a code for something? Is he trying to tell us something? Are we supposed to like save him? I sure hope it's not code for anything. Cause this I is like one of those things. Like if you're kidnapped, what do you say on the phone? Like oh, like what what would what would you say? You know, like oh, fuck the fish. You'd probably say that as like a emergency thing. Okay, yeah. If if I ever said that, you would definitely. Well, that's not true because I make fun of how dumb fish are. Pretty <laughs> constantly, but, oh shit. Um. I feel like snow would not be the right code word you want to use for two people who lived in Miami for five plus years, so. Sessie, there is no way he's telling the truth. <laughs> I think he's giving that us the cold shoulder. Totally different, Derek. <laughs> I think he is breaking our trust. Wow, you're really committed to this bit, aren't you? <laughs> A little bit. I couldn't think of any more snow puns, but, but I got like three. So, yes, let's jump back into this week's episode, though. Won't worry about Professor Oak because he's not worried about us. We left our trainers in Oldale Town with their first Pokemon on a pair of running shoes ready for the adventures to begin. It's really crazy how serious they take running shoes in Hoenn. Again, Hoenn it up yeah. in Hoenn. So, if y'all didn't know, there's a strict law in Hoenn. If you run without running shoes, they take your ass straight to jail. You can't run. You're physically not able to run or not allowed to run. If you're not wearing running shoes, you need a little license. So wearing, getting running shoes Straight is a big to deal. Jail. Straight to jail. Just, <laughs> you might as well, you know what? Run, when you start running, they just point because you just got to run your ass to jail at that point. You just run straight there. So very strict rules. People are not allowed to run. So getting running shoes was important because power walking this whole journey would get really old really fast. So very nice of yeah, their parents to this get is- them the first time that we've been with trainers who have been allowed the honor of running shoes wow you're right wow do they not I don't is think there we like actually an age address is, that no i don't think we've ever addressed is there like a certain because you can ride a bike but like is there a certain age you need your running shoes license i think that this is a question that's probably going to get answered later in our journey so hold that one derek Maybe. well I'll, I'll just put it on the Put it on the back burner and I'll completely forget about it and it'll pop up at a random point in time. So Almost let's certainly. go ahead and do some team <laughs> let's do some team check-ins. We're gonna start with Qgis just because Qgis is, is super fast. We got good old FS, and I'm not gonna repeat the name. You know what? I'll say at the beginning of every episode we only it say here. it once. Yeah. So Qgis has a mudkip named Buck Science, which we're just gonna call FS because that is not a phrase I will repeat. Because Qgis is he still needs to kind of be He's in the Dark Ages. He's got to reach the Renaissance. I don't know how history went. I don't know if it's the order it was in, but I'm going to just pretend that's the way it was. <laughs> what about uh, Edna? How's old, old Edna doing? As we all heard at the end of the last episode, Edna got really excited and went out and caught herself like almost a full team. So All the Pokemon. I know. I know. This is such a like change from uh, Dino and Astrid. I'm like, what I, What do you even do with this many Pokemon? You don't even have... Anyway. So she has got four Pokemon. Torchic, Kaufman, level 7. She has Zigzagoon, Filardi, level 2. 
Puchiana, Jablanca, level four. Good old J Blancs. J Blancs and Wingle, Alquist, also level two. So Q. all three of those um, final Pokemon are freshly caught. So, um, you know, it sounds impressive that she's got a team of four, but two of them are level two. So she's got, I think, some more work to do. Hey, Seth, did you want to know a fun fact about Alquist? Please tell me, Derek. <laughs> John Alquist helped develop new phylogeny for birds based on analysis of how similar the dna of birds of different birds is phylogeny is the evolutionary relationships between species off the dome you I'm know an expert on people you are such an expert you covered this in the last episode and it was really amusing to me because you tried really hard to mispronounce phylogeny and like clearly could not bring yourself to do it but you just did <laughs> so good job Look at me. That's the, <laughs> that's the funny thing. Is I feel like purposefully mispronouncing words is harder than pronouncing them correct. Correct. Because who would look at that word and be like, ah, yes, phylogeny. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> it's a good point. Not that I would ever mispronounce a word on purpose because that was completely no, off the dome. No, of course not. Off right. the dome. Yes. You just... I know this shit. <laughs> Let's go on to Route 102 before people. There's a tiny peek behind the curtain. You don't get to see everything. Shit's private. <laughs> Route 102. The scientist. There's a scientist here. Maybe Dr. Yeeman. Our our hey. interview from last week. Dr. Yeeman. I'm a, it was a fun guy. Mm-hmm. Ah. Right. The scientist, <laughs> Dr. Yeeman, says he's completed a sketch of the rare Pokemon, only to realize they were his own. And I don't know why I'm reading like saying this like it's like a, a mystery novel, but this dumbass was sketching his own footprint. Yeah, I feel like um Gabby kind of picked up on that pretty much <laughs> immediately. So it, I am in. heartened to see that by the time that we finally caught up and, you know, things had cleared up around here that um, he had come to that realization as well. Well, I'm happy for him because, look, scientists have enough that they're trying to fight against nowadays. We don't need this guy giving people a bad name, drawing his own feet. Look, I think it's cool, too, if a Pokemon was running around with some boots on. It'd be kind of cool. It'd be very interesting. But, uh, you know, maybe. Do any Pokemon wear shoes? Mr. Mime. Gabby said this, literally. But does Mr. Mime have shoes or does he have like weird shoe like Tangela. Tangela definitely wears shoes. Tangela. Tangela. Tangela? <laughs> That's his sister. It's Tangela. His sister's name's Tangela. Okay. Okay. He definitely maybe. wears shoes. Little Poke. Can Pokemon take their shoes off or are they like fucking like fuse to their bodies? Derek, I, that's the last thing that I want to picture in my head right now. What did Tangela's feet look like? <laughs> We're moving on, okay? Little there squid, are trainers little, little squid toes. Like, <laughs> I hate this, Derek. When he takes his shoes off, it goes, <laughs> okay, let's go to trainers. There are also trainers on Route 102, which is like not surprising because trainers typically are everywhere. But um, these are the first trainers for Edna and Cugis. First. They took their trainer battle virginities away. You never forget your first trainer battle. Never. Never. <laughs> never. It's it's usually not great, and it's usually a struggle, and you learn from it, hopefully, and the first few times after are rough, but you learn how to trainer battle before too long. Now, did Edna have any troubles here? You know, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't remember, so I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I mean, she didn't okay, have any same. issues with uh, Brendan when they battled last week, so I'm going to, you know... Looking at my notes here, there are, I mean, there are quite a few trainers. There are four different trainers, which sounds potentially overwhelming if you're just starting out. No, very. that's very true. It's just kind of an intro. I think 
for Huja specifically was way too easy because good old FS is the only Pokemon he's got. So this thing is like way too strong for its own good. It's just been beating the shit out of wild Pokemon for at this point, the, whatever short period we've had of the journey has not had to share any of it. So this little Mudkip is swole. So FS is just kind of just doing this little blah, 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 tackle attacks and just taking people out. I totally believe that. Yeah, at least running into four different trainers on her first real route of adventure was kind of a good thing, given that she has caught so many Pokemon already and needed to kind of get their levels up. Um, but she definitely arrived in uh, Petalburg City pretty tired. <laughs> yeah. So th there's one other interesting thing I think before we get to Petalburg City that I found is apparently the hoe and Hoenn also refers to the garden tool because they're all about gardening over here with their berries. And Yo, I, found I was this, so excited. They're very resourceful with this shit. Every time that Q just sees a berry, he's already ready to pick it. There's always people planting stuff there, always people picking them. People tend to like recycle it and like give back. It's, it's quite wholesome to see kind of how they handle that because we didn't see any of that shit before. In, no. In Kanto in, or Johto, that was not really a thing. Right. So in Kanto, like straight up, none of the trainers used any of the natural resources, right? Like that was just no. not an option. In Johto, there was a little bit more. You had your status cure berries. Um, you had your regular berry that healed a little bit of HP. And that's still true in Hoenn. They have slightly different names now because it is mm. more um, local, I would say. A, a local strain, not something that's been uh, genetically engineered to <laughs> cure any specific status conditions. I was about, they got way less lazy with the names. The previous names, like, this isn't cure berry. It's like, bro, like, you really didn't put much thought into that. Right. So... What I found to be really interesting compared to Johto, beyond just the naming, is that in Johto, really, it's not been cultivated, the, you know, berry community or whatever you want to call it. Like, there's wild berries that a trainer might happen across, and you'll pick some if it's convenient and kind of move on with your life. But like you said, here in Hoenn, they have these, like, really nice, well-tended, cultivated little plots on the side of towns and roads and um routes and you know in different locations that you know if you pick a berry that's there it's kind of like a take a berry leave a berry kind of situation yeah. most people will replant at least one of the berries that came off of the plant that they're harvesting but you don't have to you know if you want to line up a whole patch with just orange berries which cure 10 hp for your pokemon like, you can do that. If you just want to do person berries that cure confusion, like, go for it. Have a person berry patch. And I think that that's really neat that, you know, each trainer has that ability to kind of cultivate the plot um, as they see fit. And really, it's only for a limited time. You go back, you get your berries. Maybe you'll replant it. Maybe you won't and leave it for the next trainer. Yeah, it has been very nice. And it's they seem to be replanted quite regularly. Everybody's kind of it's a whole little community vibe going. It's kind of cool. Um, definitely a little sketched out because it's the community that's doing these. I'm afraid that some Pokemon's gonna get some like laced ass berries. I, I don't know what the community might be doing. I, I just know if I see little FS eat a berry and all of a sudden start rolling on the ground like he got some catnip in him, I'll know where it came from. I'm gonna trust the, the Pokemart stuff a little bit more than the stuff that I'm finding on the side of the road growing out of a tree that I just saw some dude running away from. I'm a little concerned about that, so I'm gonna just uh, see, I'm gonna be skeptical. You can pretty clearly tell, I think, which one of us happily gardens every summer and which one of us lives in an apartment. 
Based on how much never. we trust other people's gardening skills. You just say trust other people, period. That's where it ends. <laughs> Anything that I have to rely on any sort of sense of community for, I'm immediately like, oh no, this is gonna go to shit. Especially, well, you know what? Maybe they're just trying to be nice. They want catnip is great for cats. Maybe they put little mudkip nip in them, and they just want the mudkip to be happy. So maybe I'm looking at this from the wrong perspective. Like the way you think, I'm Sassy. glad that you convinced yourself of this, Derek. Look at this. <laughs> Mental gymnastics. Now, I've, last thing, because I've already spoiled it. Q just didn't catch shit. He's just having a good old time with FS, just making the noise. So what about Edna? The noise nope. is evolving over time. Anything think, caught here? Uh, she did not catch anything here. I think that battling those first four trainers, she maybe realized that she... Uh, took on a lot of responsibility and pressure by starting with four Pokemon instead of, you know, just like easing your way into your second or third catch. So uh, she is still cruising with that team of four uh, and making that work. Okay, so then we finally do get to... Petalburg City, I think, is the real, like, Little Root and Oldale are just, like, not the most exciting places. Petalburg is not bad. It was a nice little switch up, more than one house there. It's got a Not gym. Not just old people. It has this a gym. This is where Edna's stepdad's gym is located, so it's like mm. two towns away. That's not an easy commute. No, especially when there's like not roads. That's another thing that gets me about the Pokeverse. Look, coming from the industrialized, toxic city of Miami, <laughs> I- I'm used to like cars and roads and shit. I have not seen a single car since I moved in the Poke world. I have not seen nope. a single road. No public transport of any kind. You need to put yourself in harm's way immediately to try to get to any sort of town. Like, I don't know what they thought. Maybe, do Pokemon hate cars? So is it a thing of, like, you took a car, all of a sudden you'd have, like, Tauroses just, like, knocking the shits over because it pisses them off? Well, I mean, our cats don't like cars and, like, real-life buffalo and, like, monkeys and stuff don't like cars. So I think that's a pretty safe bet there, Derek. We just solved something. Yes. Maybe there used to be roads back before the big war. And then, like, shit just went downhill, and Pokemon were just killing people left and right, and they were like, we there need to, like, battle the There are trains, because there's a train station in Goldenrod City that we never visited yes. for, you know, no particular reason. Um, so the Pokemon allow that. That's the one thing but, that they But, yeah, I mean, maybe they're, like, solar-powered, electrical oh. generation something or other. Oh, shit. And, yeah. Are Pokemon just, like, environmentally conscious? They're, like, environmental eco-terrorists. <laughs> Oh, like the guy from Archer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's my favorite episode. What are your three biggest fears? Alligators, crocodiles, and brain aneurysms, I believe. If you know more than I do, Derek. <laughs> it's a great episode. Y'all should watch that. Shout out to Archer. Oh my gosh, when he told Lada that she was standing there like the African queen. One of the greatest quotes in any TV show ever. Okay, so now we're going to go back. This is a show about Pokemon, Derek. <laughs> Archer loves Pokemon, I assume. Uh, but let's go back to Petalburg and not my Archer Marathon. We do want to go ahead and check in with, you mentioned Edna's stepdads there. Go ahead and Norman. check in and see how that, thank you. <laughs> want to go check in with Norman over there. Norman's such a great name. It's just like, you can't like not be excited to meet somebody named Norman. Well, Good no, shit, Norman dude. Bates. Oh, I take that back. Holy yeah. shit, I misassessed. Un- Fucked it up. I don't know. I did not make a good assessment there. We're going to pass that. Um, Normie, Normie Jim. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> we are really just at our best tonight. <laughs> We're killing it. So, Mr. Normie over here, um, seeing how that gym life is going, how, how is he doing? What is his uh, day-to-day like? 
Yeah, so Edna rolled up, you know, she, I don't think has had a chance to check in with her stepdad when she got her Pokemon and was the whole debacle with Professor Birch. So she's, like, very excited to be like, look, I'm acclimating, I want to be like you. I think that she has a pretty healthy relationship with this guy. She wants to go talk to him and show off her new Pokemon and stuff, and as she approaches his gym, just to be like, hey, what's up? Like, can we go get lunch? There is this small, sickly child that Norman is talking to that um, asks Norman for help uh, catching a Pokemon because this small child has to go back to Verdant Turf Town. He's been in Petalburg visiting family, and he doesn't want to get lonely in Verdant Turf Town, so he wants a Pokemon and asks for help. See? If Brennan were here, then he could, like, do his whole big macho thing of, like, oh, don't worry, I can catch you a Pokemon. But no, of course he's not here. Also, Norman Osborn, another villain. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. I don't know so, yes, who that is. Po- the Green Goblin. Oh, okay. Oh. Shout out to... <laughs> shout out to uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, Dafoe, Dafoe. Now, Wally over there is asking for help, and who is going to be the kind soul to help him? Because it sure as hell was not Norman. He gives Norman gives Wally one of his own Pokemon to okay. say, yeah, right. you know, can't, can't shit on him too hard. Arceus helps those who help themselves and basically gives this small child a wild Pokemon and is like, good luck. Um, and he does, Norman does ask Edna to uh, follow Wally out to make sure he doesn't, like, I don't know, get mauled to death by this Zigzagoon. But, like, I don't know what he thought Wally was going to do. <laughs> Well, yeah, thankfully Q just was there to help as well. But yeah, I was very confused. This is a small, very sickly child. And you're just going to throw it in with a Pokemon he's never been around out in the wild. Look, Zigzagoons are tame enough, but like Wally is not in a position to really physically defend himself like that. Definitely not. Felt mildly irresponsible. like a strong wind could blow him over. But that being said, you know, we follow Wally back to um, Route 102, back where all those trainers were, and he just goes into the first, like, patch of tall grass, runs into a Pokemon. It's a male Ralts, and Edna just kind of, like, stands around watching. Like, she doesn't really help at all. I guess she's still pretty new to this herself, so, you know, maybe I should cut her some slack, but, like, this poor, frail child... And, you know, Norman's not trying to help, and Edna's just kind of there, and it was like, am I the adult in this situation? I guess, like, but I can't be responsible for all of you. Q just didn't offer much help either at all. was just kind of just watching, and good for Wally. Wally held his own. The Zigzagoon was very sweet, very helpful. Routes, I think, is like a, I mean, the kid's got luck, I I would say. I don't think... Kujasani routes is running around, so like good for him to find such yeah, like a cool like, cool ass Pokemon. Yeah, definitely. So it was but. a good also fun fact, for my almost entire adult life, I pronounced Verdant Turf as Vandertuff Town. Oh my gosh, that's extremely wrong. I would Vandertuff like Vanderbilt? basically i just think like, i never read the full word. I think I just looked at it, like like look glanced over it was like Vandertuff go. Vandertuff. Yeah, that's uh, so, that's that's wrong. <laughs> I, just, I never realized I, it was Verdant I'm Turf. I'm sure. Did, wait, okay. I was gonna make a joke, but now I'm gonna actually ask. Did you realize that until I said it out loud, or is this something you realized before right this moment? When you said it, I oh, was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I don't think that was Vandertuff. And then I looked at it. And I was like, "I've never read this word before." So, <laughs> Were oh my you god, Verdant like, Turf. 
Wow, Sassy's just totally gone off the deep end with her weird pronunciation. <laughs> 100% thought. When I heard you say it, I was like, I'm not going to say nothing. But, like, literally, <laughs> now this one is perfect. Because it's, Rumagird, burned your turf. <laughs> and now, for a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, and welcome to Hoenn, courtesy of the Pokemart. This season... We're introducing some of our most luxury items that trainers are sure to love. And top of the list, no matter who you are, it has to be full restores. Why should you buy full restores on your next trip to the Poke Mart? Well, we could tell you, but why don't you find out straight from our spokesperson, Rich Boy Winston? Hello, this is Rich Boy Winston. Zone 4. Get money. New money. Rich boy selling crack. Broke people want a jack. Shit tight. No slack. Just bought a Cadillac. Throw some full restores on that Pokemon. Just bought a Cadillac. Throw some full restores on that Pokemon. Just bought a Cadillac. Cause rich boys selling crack. Broke people want a jack. Shit tight. No slack. Just bought a Cadillac. Throw some full restores on that Pokemon. Just bought a Cadillac. Throw some full restores on the Pokemon. Just bought a Cadillac. Pokemart, we'll take all your money, please. Now back to our show. While he catches this route, I've learned how to pronounce the word Verdant Turf. <laughs> and <laughs> Edna Q just did not offer much help. But Norman is very he's very helpful in the sense of like being encouraging he does want us to like go forth with it which i would hope so bro like look if if your stepdaughter and stuff is there like if you just told her like go home you can't do anything it'd be kind of fucked up so i'm happy to see he's at least a little bit encouraging since he didn't want to help little old wally out but he wants Cugis and edna to battle roxanne which like when i hear roxanne i don't think gym leader i think like the like mayor of a city or like Roxanne just sounds like, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like she's like the head of some like this it's like a very like CEO type name like the name of someone who's gonna like scold you and tell you you don't know what you're doing a gym leader you know, I, th- I think that's still this Roxanne too <laughs> I think it is but I, but I think gym leaders I think more like fun and psychos and they're like way too into Pokemon she seems like she'd be the type to like be like stop training Pokemon go do your taxes or some shit I don't know like <laughs> That's what the vibes I'm getting from the name. So, uh, you know, apparently we need to go see Roxanne. Norman gives me similar vibes of being like, I mean, obviously just like a stand up, like respectable stepdad figure, but he's also just like kind of chilling and not, you know, seeming to be fanatic about anything weirdly specific. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm, Look, maybe okay. it's just a different vibe in Hoenn. The names in Hoenn so far, not impressed. Hot take. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Come up with better names. Glad I'm not from Hoenn. So now let's move on to the next part of our journey. <laughs> Sessie's judging my assessment of Hoenn so far. Um, maybe stop putting the Hoenn in Hoenn. Y'all should put some naming conventions into Hoenn. Oh, okay. Now Route 104 is the next place we go. We leave, <laughs> leave South. And we get to go to my favorite part of every journey soon. We are on the way to the first forested area. And it seems like for whatever reason, every journey we've been on so far has a forest at the beginning. And I get really freaking excited every time. I really like woods. You know what I got really excited about this, Derek? 
for the very first time when you're running around in sand, you get to leave footprints. And that was lovely. I just ran around with Edna for like probably a good 20 minutes, just like bopping around, leaving footprints in the sand. Fun fact, the other places we've been, the reason why there were no footprints in the sand is because the pollution was so bad and there was so much like garbage and toxicity in the sand that it just like too was too hard to leave footprints. It's the planet dying. This is the first place we've been where the footprints stick. Science. What place are you in tonight, Derek? Like, where's your head? <laughs> Am I not? Do you need this... to talk about something? <laughs> Am I not this unhinged every episode? I feel like, like this is shockingly, of... <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. Um. Whoops. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know what I did today, not but to I have to just more call often. you out. But <laughs> yeah, damn. I'll just shut up then. Thank you. Fine. We'll forget did... about my footstep theory. I thought I was here for the conspiracy theory, Sessie. You are, but let me just let me just have my fun little footprints in the sand. Don't oh. you know? Just just let me have this one thing. <laughs> do, 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 do. So isn't that isn't that a song with something about footprints in the sand? No, footprints in the sta- sand is like that weird Jesus thing. The fuck? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah, where it's like, um, you know, a uh, man and God are like taking a walk on the beach and. He looks at the end of his life, and he looks behind him, and there's two sets of footprints in the sand, except in the hard, difficult periods of his life where he only sees one pair of footprints. And he's like, God, you know, I love you so much and worshipped you and whatever. Like, why did you leave me in the hardest parts of my life? And God is like, that is where I carried you, my son. (laughs) Like the one set of footprints is Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> boo I'm just kidding. it's a great can't story right I can't boo Jesus I'm sorry I'm gonna get hate mail um, I can't believe you've never heard that we'll see no. if I keep that in or not because that's pretty funny that's like a thing this is like a thing a thing oh thing. I've never I mean I should not be surprising I'm a fucking heathen so like the fact that I have not heard that is not yeah I know but it's entirely. not like real religious stuff it's like psychotic yeah. like Christian lady religion stuff oh yeah i don't know much about that either i like the story though yeah i think you should keep it in it's quite clever (laughs) i just didn't tell it very well (laughs) okay anyway (laughs) i like it'd be so much better if you had like butchered it worse so i was like this guy was walking with jesus and there were two pairs of footprints he was like oh shit why were we there when my life was hard and he's like bam you didn't need two pairs of footprints and you needed one carried your ass bam that's the story Feel good about it. Now let's move on to any Pokemon caught in this wonderful sandy region. Sandy region, because look, I know Q just didn't. Q just is doing this thing solo at FS. He doesn't need any help. No friends. Nope. Neither did Edna. She's still crushing she's it. She's got a whole damn. Before. She's got a whole damn nursery of Pokemon already. She doesn't need to catch anything else. Yeah, they're shaping up by this point, looking pretty, pretty good. If I do say so myself. Speaking of looking pretty good, there was this empty cottage that we walked past on the way to the woods that i mean if nobody's gonna live there i'll take that shit look this whole like going on poker journeys yes it's got a little dock it just looked like it was beautiful it smelled nice inside you could walk around in the sand and leave as many footprints as you want all the footprints everywhere i think if we get back and there's still no one there we should just claim it well, I was talking to some of the people around as Astrid was doing some Pokemon battling and leveling up, and there was one woman who said this, like, super big, tough former sailor lives there. He clearly wasn't home at the moment, um, but I would love to see you take on a big, tough sailor, Derek. I'm going to avoid that. 
not because I'm scared or anything, but just like, I wouldn't want to hurt him. You know, it's just I wouldn't want to cause damage to the giant tough sailor. I feel like he'd be mean. And I'm not a bully. That's right. not what I'm here for. And clearly he's retired if he's here in this cottage. So See? You know. So I just want to be nice. Yeah. I don't want to beat up old people. That's not what I'm here to do. <laughs> so before we actually do get to the entrance, there's a, a trainer there. And uh, oh, I feel Winston. like everyone knows the name Rich Boy Winston. Rich Boy Winston. Everybody but does. Let's paint a picture here, right, Derek? Yeah. So, you know, we're playing around on Route 104, leaving footprints, breaking into uh, cottages, you know, this, that, and the other. And there's only two trainers on this route. So there's, like, a little kid who's also playing near the tall grass when you first enter the route. No big deal, whatever. And then there's this rich boy, Winston, who is standing out um, – by the entrance to Petalburg Woods, as you noted. And, like, this kid is, like, I don't know, 10 to 12, around the same age as Edna and Cugis, but is wearing, like, a full three-piece suit. And his hair is, like, slicked back, and he's just, like, standing out in the middle of the woods, and he's not, you know, like, looking for Pokemon or, you know, exploring or adventuring or, like, doing whatever it is little kids do in the forest. He's just, like, standing there. Do you want some fun facts about Rich Boy Winston? Please. So, Rich Boy Winston, his real name, Maurice Benjamin Richards, better known by his stage name Rich Boy, is an American rapper from Mobile, Alabama. He's best known for his singles, Throw Some D's, featuring Polo to Dawn, released in August of 2006. Richards is from Alabama, and he actually studied mechanical engineering at Tuskegee University, but dropped out to concentrate on his rap career. So, bam, fun Those facts about Rich Boy Winston. fun facts. Also, 2006 was a very long time ago. I did not think yeah. that song was that old. I know. Actually, though, it's, it's kind of terrifying to think about. Yeah. Rich Boy Winston's age well. He kind of still kind of looks young, so good for him. Well, so he still looks young. He's still hanging outside this forest. Uh, he's still wearing his little suit. And he is still only got one Pokemon, a level seven Zigzagoon, which Derek, um, we talked to him afterwards, and I don't know if you noticed this, but that Zigzagoon, you know how Pokemon can hold items, right? It's holding yep. a nugget. Like this Zigzagoon is just holding a gold nugget. Why? To make things worse or better, or I don't know what adjective you want to use here. We're right at the beginning of our journey, right? So when your Pokemon is in trouble, what are you going to use to heal it? A potion, right? Maybe a super potion. Pokemon don't don't have that many hit points at this point. Maybe a little pep talk. Rich Boy Winston, because I'm not going to not use his full name here, uses a full restore on the Zigzagoon. And I'm like, are we in the Elite Four? Like, what is happening? Why do you have to use a full restore on a level 7 Zigzagoon other than to prove that you can? Also... As discussed in our previous season, I'm pretty sure you can only get full restores at the um, equivalent of the Inigo Plateau where you battle the Elite Four. So, like, did Winston go on, like, a school field trip and then buy some full restores and now is just using them willy-nilly? Because, like, I still have a candy bar that I bought in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I think the thing is, he's just trying to flex on people, so he's got the gold nugget that he just lets the Zigzagoon hold. He's just wasting full restores just to kind of like essentially just burning money. I, I guess this is just his version of flexing. Honestly, I think the best start for flexing would be to have something better than a level 7 Zigzagoon. Might be a good place to start. Right. That's just me though. 
that's the other thing is that it was not difficult to defeat the zigzagoon i mean obviously it wasn't a one-hit ko because edna's pokemon are not that much higher than level seven themselves but it wasn't a challenging battle so i mean when he used the full restore it seemed like it was really just like more of an annoyance for edna than like an actual challenge as opposed to like the elite four where it's like oh gosh you maybe have to like rethink some of your strategy if you have to battle that same pokemon basically a second time but not a level seven zigzagoon what if he just really loves the Zigzagoon and he just wants to give it the best? He wants to give it a gold nugget, give it that full restore. Just spoil I mean, it. That's like the only explanation, I guess, but it still doesn't seem straight to me. It's like one of those little pampered puppies that gets like carried around in strollers. He doesn't want to strain it, which is why it's only level seven. He doesn't want to like train it and make it go through anything. He just wants to pamper it. So maybe that's all it is. He just loves his little Ziggy Zagoon. You're just trying to get on to talking about Petalburg Woods, aren't you? Maybe. Maybe. Because I love me some woods. Fucking love all woods. Right. They're great. They got trees Take and shit. into the forest, Derek. Pears and shit now. Shout out to all the pear. Uh, so the Petalburg Woods are great. There's got all types of grass Pokemon. There's shade. All types of cool trees. It's kind of spooky at night. It is a wonderful time. Petalburg Woods, I think, is particularly beautiful. I really enjoy my time there. The foliage, to use fancy words, is quite wonderful. Were there any Pokemon caught by Edna in here? Because once again, unfortunately, Q just was trying to get through. I wanted to spend more time. I wanted to take my time. I really like what I see here. But uh, Q just had other ideas. So I will second that comment about the sort of atmosphere of Petalburg Woods. It was not necessarily as like spooky or damp or you know, just sort of foreboding as the forests have been in the past. Like, there was some light filtering through. It's still pretty bright, you know, so that was quite welcoming, actually. And um, Edna, I think, was starting to feel pretty confident with the Pokemon that she had caught previously on Route 103 and had trained a little bit thus far. And she actually ended up catching a Shroomish, level 5 here, named Soltis. I didn't take any notes about who Soltis is, so just assume it's an evolutionary biologist that probably does something with plants. I I could I I got some on Soltis. Okay, go. Jebediah Soltis was a lowly scientist back in the day that was known for discovering the first mutation in a flower that caused that shit to grow an arm. Bam. That That's what sounds led to, completely legitimate. Yup. That's what led to that grass would Pokemon. Be- yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Good job. Eventually, anyway. grew two arms. It was crazy. She was going oh. wild. Now it's crazy a times. <laughs> yup, that's how shit happens. Bam, science. Okay. Now, also, while you're there, um, a Devon researcher actually does kind of pop out and ask for shroomish, which I get confused about because there's shroomish fucking everywhere. So, like, bread just open your eyes. But alas, we have some bandits, burglars. Hooligans that jump out. It's an ambush. Yes, and they kind of are a little bit stylish. I'm not going to lie, even though they seem kind of evil. And Team Aqua just jumps out of nowhere to kind of ambush Kugis. Team Magma. Team Aqua. No, it it was definitely Team Magma. Uh, Look, they were wearing blue, so I'm pretty sure it was Team Aqua. They were definitely wearing red. And they had these, like, hoods with, like, little kind of, like, ears on them. Yeah, but it was blue. Okay, agree to disagree. I told you, stylish as fuck. I love that little pirate aesthetic they got going. So, good for them. 
Uh, but bad for them because they're bad people. Don't steal things. They want to steal some papers from this researcher. And this poor researcher is just trying to get through the woods. And look, if they listen to me and got public transport and cars, you wouldn't have to worry about this shit because you wouldn't have researchers walking through the woods alone at night. Either way. Also, um, how did he end up in this far of Petalburg Woods without seeing yeah. a single shroomish? Frankly, I mean, look, we're Maybe not. Maybe he's in, in the, on it. We're not in the business of victim blaming here, and I would never, but I'm just saying, like. Devin researcher maybe consider your actions maybe he's in on it not maybe. impossible yeah you never know not impossible so once we fend off these team aqua ambushers um they start talking about something going on in rustboro and just sprint off look it looks like they went to the same criminal school as like team rocket and everybody before them in the sense of just like just announcing their plans out loud like i don't know constantly what constantly talking about it like yeah always like literally they don't nothing about keeping quiet um which is great for us because it makes things easier but it's a real easy thing to introduce into your criminal criminal enterprise to make it function a whole lot better so if you need me to teach y'all some classes i need some money oak doesn't pay me enough hit me up my number is boop. so just call me <laughs> hit my ass up i'll teach you that criminal shit don't ask me how i know i just know things and now for a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Pretty Petal Flower Shop, home of Hoenn's finest outdoor supplies. Do you love fresh picked berries? Do you just want to fill the world with bright, colorful flowers? Then make the Pretty Petal Flower Shop your next destination. I know sometimes we all feel like our internal battery has run dry and all that we're doing is playing a game where clock-based events no longer occur. But we say here, why let your life be run by a clock? Let your life be run by flowers instead and let the Pretty Petal Flower Shop help you make that choice. Disclaimer, berries and flowers can no longer be grown if your internal battery has run dry. It's science, look it up. Now back to our show. The researcher gives us a great ball because he's so thankful that we just saved his ass. And researcher had some on. great balls on him. Yeah, <laughs> two at least. At one least for, that's true because he gave me one right. for <laughs> Maybe more. And then he just heads back on his merry way just and leaves you in life. the middle of the forest. Yeah, like whatevs, man. <laughs> dishing out his great balls living life go but do your thing we unfortunately do make it out of the forest i guess fortunately we do want to make it out we made it out quicker than i would have hoped um getting out onto the north part of route 104 um and there's just people are friendly here i guess with the planting of seeds and the berries and all that we walk out some dude just hands q just a tm for bullet seed which which seems suspicious considering that he's set up right outside the pretty petal flower shop like is he digging up all of their seeds to use for bullet seed and just spitting them at people it's actually not a tm it's literally just like a straw that the pokemon can spit shit out of right right yeah. there's a conspiracy for you derek what look at this i, I had to get one good one today if, if not i would just have to retire it'd be unacceptable but we do speaking of that there is that pretty petal flower shop which is quite Look, I'm not going to lie, I think it's a front, but it's a, it's, it is a pretty shop. I'll, I'll give it that much. I was so happy. This is, like, Hoenn just keeps getting better and better. Everyone is so friendly. Mm. Everything's yeah. so bright and colorful. People take gardening seriously. And then you get to the pretty petal flower shop. It's run by three sisters, which, like, yes, women-owned businesses, please. 
One sister teaches you about growing your own berries if you haven't really caught on with the soft soil just yet or want a few tips. She is there and ready to assist anyone who might be interested in a life of gardening. So sweet. Her other sister gives you a whalemer pail uh, to water the berry plants. So if water or if berry plants are adequately watered and cared for and, you know, you sing to them every day, uh, they'll produce more berries than one that's just kind of left to the elements. Um, So that's helpful and convenient. And then the third sister, who is the littlest sister, um, just gives you a random berry for talking to her because she's like, hey, what's good? I've got all these berries. You can have one. Um, And mentions that you can make candy out of berries, which, like, I'm interested. Please. Better than Pokemon candy, I'll say that much. That's a whole conspiracy I can go down. So, fun fact, my conspiracy (laughs) was that this pretty petal flower shop is a front for an underground poke candy routine where they're grinding up pokemon in the basement so they can ship out poke candy and they use the scent of the flowers to cover up the scent of dead pokemon dang do you think professor willow is the silent investor here 100 percent. let's erase that i don't want them to know (laughs) well hey gabby get on that shit moving on from the uh pretty petal flower shop which i as noted really enjoyed um, rich boy Winston's sister is over here. She's like 15, wearing this like green sundress and sun hat. Also, has a level seven zig zagoon, it's also holding a nugget. It she also uses a full restore on it. Excessive. You know, the first time you see it from rich boy Winston, it like really caught me off guard. Like, obviously, we spent like 10 minutes talking about it, but with Lady Cindy, it's like I already saw this play. Like, just let's move on. I'm not interested. Yeah, it was just, it seemed more obnoxious. Like, it was obnoxious enough the first time, then seeing it again got me even more angry. Um, Yeah, Edna afterwards was asking me about it, because obviously she's not familiar with the Poke universe, and she was like, is this normal? Like, do you give your Pokemon, like, jewelry to hold? And I was like, no, no, that's not a thing. (laughs) These are just what we call, in scientific terms assholes now yeah. for the last one of the last things we see as we go up this route is there's some twins that want to battle and i found them to be kind of snobby look gina and mia little tiny humans just hanging out having a good old time they walk up and they decided these little I, you know what? they were even worse than rich boy and lady rich boy winston and lady cindy because they told q just straight up you only have one pokemon we can't battle you you're a failure why would you talk to us and just oh, told them to leave no did yeah. they really yep <gasps> They refuse to battle. They're pretty snarky for little kids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Edna had as a team of five Pokemon at this point. So I guess I'll talk about Edna's experience since Q just, I guess, doesn't have one. Man, that's so surprising. I guess that makes sense. You couldn't do a double battle with one Pokemon, but... Um, it, was, it was rude and like i had to go back to my times in therapy and i was just like don't punt the child into the ocean don't punt the child in the ocean don't punt the child in the ocean they told me if i say that 30 times i can calm down um it sort of worked i i just kicked her shin instead and walked away so i didn't quite punt her into the ocean so a double battle as the name would suggest is a battle either it could be between you know two trainers three trainers four trainers you know it doesn't really have the same rules as tennis but it's still just a two-sided battle, like one person or team against another person or team. Instead of one Pokemon going up against one other Pokemon, it is two Pokemon going up against two other Pokemon. So there are a lot of 
new interesting strategies and logistics to consider within double battles um i think one of the primary considerations or um logistical constraints that wouldn't really be an issue in typical battles is um some moves can affect multiple pokemon so obviously in a battle of one pokemon versus one pokemon like that's not really a thing but when it's two on two, you could have one Pokemon that affects one opposing Pokemon. You could have one Pokemon that affects both opposing Pokemon. Or you could have one Pokemon that affects all of the Pokemon, including its teammate. Um, which I think Surf is one that affects everyone around you. Magical Leaf or Swift affects your two opponents. Um, and then, you know, other certain moves like Tackle just affect one of your opponents. So... I mean, for Edna, obviously, she doesn't have a ton of experience with single battles versus double battles. For So for her, it was just kind of run-of-the-mill. But I'm curious to see what Hugis' reaction is going to be when he's <laughs> finally able to participate in one. Because I thought this was pretty neat. This is not really a thing in Kanto and Johto. And I, I just got to say, you know, Hoenn really seems to be ahead of the curve. Yeah, I, I what I said was I offered. I was like, "Yo, I'll just like fist fight your little ass, and you and the other one could battle Q." Just they, they declined. So Derek, they were like six years old, maybe less than that. I didn't care. I don't like small humans. So we're gonna. <laughs> On that bombshell, listeners, we hey, have. I could take one... a six-year-old. <laughs> Barely. We have one last exciting bit for you all uh here on this route derek you found an interesting trainer that you thought gabby should get to know quite the interesting fellow there is someone who claims claims to be a a water pokemon master didn't like big yes and didn't stutter like i just did. he straight up said i am a water pokemon master so we have an interview with this water pokemon master himself with gabby has to be some exclusive shit very few of these exist in the world. Let's check it out. A quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Hi there, folks. Field correspondent Gabby here with the Water Pokemon Master on Route 104 North. It's so great to have you here with us. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Hi there. How are you doing? Oh, golly. I'm so great. You know, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Well, good. It's what in tarnation? That is un- that is unsettling that no one has done so for you. I am so sorry, ma'am. Well, I really appreciate that. Why don't we just get straight into some questions? Okay, let's do it. So, can you tell our listeners why are you a water Pokemon master? Well, I was destined to be a water Pokemon master from birth. My name is Hydro, Hydrophobic. That is my full name, and I love water Pokemon. Water Pokemon are my shit. Love them so much. They're just so all squiggly and wiggly and kind of slimy, and they're just so cuddly. And I just feel like I'd raise them better than anyone because nobody gives Magikarp enough love. And I feel like I have unlocked the hidden power of all Pokemon. So you only train Magikarp, is that right? Yes, ma'am. Magikarp what? only. So what is it about a Magikarp that makes it so challenging to train that it would require a master such as yourself? 
Well, magic carp are just tricky little motherfuckers. You just get them in the water, they start squiggling around, they start splashing, they start going crazy. It's actually quite, in, it's a very intricate means of training. Most people can't do it. In fact, I want to start my own website called OnlyFins, where it's just only magic carp that I can give out and teach people how to train. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be one of the most successful things ever, and I think magic carp are the best. Got little whiskers and shit. Yeah, that's definitely not um, unsettling at all, those whiskers. So why do you consider Splash then to be, I think I have you quoted here as saying it's the most dangerous Pokemon move of all time? Well, I'm going to let you, y'all in on a little secret here. What I do is when the water, when the Magikarp gets ready to splash in the water, some people think it doesn't do anything. Those people are wrong. Throw a little soap in the water. Y'all ever gotten splashed in the eye with soapy water? That shit is debilitating. <laughs> nothing can come back from that. There is uh, nothing at all that can come back from that at all. <laughs> it is the most powered thing possible. The biggest of Pokemon will come down and start crying with that soap and eye water. And that's what I do. It's why I'm the best. You know what? For once, that actually makes perfect sense, and that's not something I can say about a lot of our interviewees. Um, we just have time for one final question. The patented hard-hitting question for the folks at home. What do you say to the allegations that you raise only Magikarp because you're actually scared of the water? I said, watch this. I just put my toe in the water. Scared of what now? Take that. If I was scared of water, how could I handle the all-powerful splash technique? And I splash my Magikarp all day and night. I don't stop splashing them shits. I ain't scared of nothing. Now back to our show. Illuminated. I'm sold. Sold. <laughs> the man. Misty part two. Let's yeah. just... Amazing. And on that note, we're going to wrap this up because we just can't top that. There is nothing we can do to top that interview or meeting such a legend in the flesh. But next episode, maybe we will top it. Come find out. We're going to go to Rustboro City. Check out the Rustboro City gym and Roxanne. <laughs> uh, Route 116. We got Rust Turf. Rust Turf? Tunnel? I think I, Rust Turf. Rust Not Rust Earth. Rust Turf. <laughs> I like the pause. Yeah. Rust Earth. We got the Rusty Tunnel. Um, and yeah, we're going to have some adventures to come. But for now, this has been Pokemon Radio with your host, Derek and Sessie. I'm Professor Oaks, Pokemon Talk. Sessie, hit him with the social media. If you're on Instagram or Twitter, uh, please follow us at Pokemon Radio Pod. I'm very funny, and I will respond to your tweets or your comments or your DMs. So, you know, you got a straight line through to us there. Um, and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please do rate and review the show. Um, and then no matter where you listen to the show, please do subscribe or follow on whatever platform that may be. This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember, each Pokemon to understand, you better not evolve. Pokemon! My brain is a scary place. Bang, 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 bang,